This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Over the weekend, missiles lit up two of the world's largest oil facilities in Saudi Arabia. Well, it looked like a science fiction film. Multiple drones attacking from the sky. It is believed that either drones or missiles were used to target this facility, causing massive fires. The fires from the attacks so large, the smoke can be seen from space. So tensions are at a fever pitch this morning as the world waits to see what happens next. Let's take a- the two attacks, one on an oil field and one on a processing plant, caused an emergency shutdown of about half of Saudi Arabia's oil production. This was a major hit to the world's oil supply. In the Middle East, tensions over oil have been building all summer. But this attack is a major escalation. Some fear it constitutes an act of war. Today on the show, why these attacks couldn't have come at a worse time and how they could threaten global stability. Welcome to The Journal, our daily show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, September 17th. Early Saturday morning, the reports first started filtering through about an attack on Saudi oil infrastructure. My editor called me and said, hey, can you get on the first plane to to Saudi? Rory Jones covers finance in the Middle East. 24 hours after news of the attacks broke, he was on the ground in Saudi Arabia. As I was driving through the desert, and it's what's known as the empty quarter in Saudi Arabia, a vast expanse of desert with rolling sand dunes either side of the, of the roads, I was sort of coming up to this small, dusty desert town called Abqaiq, where there is a oil processing facility that had been attacked. The facility belongs to Aramco, the Saudi state-run oil company, and it's one of the world's largest oil processing plants. More than two-thirds of Saudi Arabia's entire oil output goes through this one plant, so it's a critical asset for the country. And when Rory arrived, it was still on fire. And you could still see large uh, wisps of smoke coming out of the oil processing site. When I got to the town, I then entered a burger restaurant that overlooked where I could see the smoke coming out. And and there, some of the staff were pretty keen to talk. And what were they telling you? They explained that they live above the restaurant and were woken at about 3 a.m. by a, a huge boom. And they rushed out to into the street to, to see what was happening and they, and they started filming and they, and they showed me some of the video and it, what the video showed was huge fires burning at the um, Aramco oil processing facility. There were probably six to eight fires, more than 10 meters tall, you'd have to estimate. And one of the persons said they uh, thought they'd, they'd seen a, a drone or a small plane in the sky and the smoke just burned and burned. 
After the attacks, the Saudis had to shut down oil production at these facilities, disrupting a full 6% of the world's daily oil production. And this could not have come at a worse time for the country. These attacks happen right as the government is in the middle of a major reform program, trying to make its economy less dependent on oil. And to do that, it was planning to cash in on its oil assets. The Saudis have been planning an IPO of their national oil company, Aramco, which manages these facilities. That IPO is one of the most hotly anticipated IPOs ever. Aramco is the world's most profitable company by its sheer size. Saudi Arabia's state-owned oil company could be moving towards the biggest IPO in history. Uh, a massive IPO, maybe one of the biggest paydays Wall Street has seen in years. It's called. Company is looking to go public with a $2 trillion valuation. Well, for- Saudi Arabia's crown prince and the day-to-day ruler, Mohammed bin Salman, he's been the one that's pushing this IPO because he wants to diversify his economy away from oil. And so he wants to use the proceeds of an IPO to invest in new industries like tourism and entertainment and technology. Saudi Arabia's energy minister said today that Aramco's facilities should be fully restored by the end of September. He also said the company's IPO will stay on track. But the attacks exposed a critical vulnerability in the world's oil supply. On Monday, oil prices skyrocketed and jumped to their highest level in 10 years. There are concerns that a spike in oil prices will have knock-on effects for the global economy that is already feeling shaky. There are trade tensions between China and the U.S. Markets have been on a a 10-year bull run Many perceive the technology sector to be overvalued. There are these other factors that have many economists concerned. This attack on these facilities and the spike in oil prices could be, could be a shock that, that tips the global economy into some kind of global recession. Now, questions turn to who's responsible for this threat to the global economy. And the U.S. and Saudi Arabia have one primary suspect, Iran. What we've seen in recent days is, is that many analysts think that if, if Iran is directly involved or has directed one of its proxies to attack the, the, the Saudi oil infrastructure, I was talking to an analyst earlier that said that this could be considered an act of war. After the break, the series of conflicts that led us to this moment. And what happens if these attacks are perceived as an act of war? This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. 
Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. Welcome back. In the immediate aftermath of the attacks, questions began to swirl over who exactly was responsible. In Yemen, a rebel group called the Houthis, which is backed by Iran, claimed they were behind it. They said they'd sent over drones, which is hundreds of miles from Yemen to the eastern province of Saudi Arabia. But within a few hours, a lot of people became skeptical of that narrative because it was a long way for the Houthis to send drones. They're not the most sophisticated Middle East militia. U.S. officials pointed somewhere else. The finger started shifting from Yemen to other parts of the region, perhaps um, Iraq or Iran, which is much closer to, to where these oil facilities lie. And so within a few hours, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, he tweeted that this was not an attack that came from Yemen and from the Houthis and implied that this was an Iran-directed attack. Iran has denied any involvement in this weekend's attacks. But Saudi and U.S. officials say that Iranian weapons were used to carry out the attacks. And in the U.S., some officials see this as Iran's latest response to a long maximum pressure campaign. The White House has been ratcheting up this pressure on Iran to push the country to renegotiate an Obama-era deal to curb its nuclear program. Last year, the administration reimposed sanctions on Iran, and in April, it tightened sanctions that made it much harder for Iran to sell its oil. And that has put a lot of pressure on the Iranian economy. Iran has been struggling for months to sell its oil to customers around the world. And that's partly the reason why many analysts believe that that Iran has launched these attacks, because it's saying, if you're not allowing me to export my oil, then I'm not going to allow Saudi Arabia or, or others to export theirs. In fact, this incident was just the latest of many confrontations over oil that have taken place this summer. And in all of these instances, the U.S. has blamed one country. For months, the U.S. has accused Iran of orchestrating attacks on shipping vessels and oil facilities around the Gulf region. And Iran has denied responsibility for those attacks. But the the U.S. essentially is accusing Iran of lashing out against civilian shipping and oil infrastructure. What were the first things that they were starting to do and how did it escalate over the summer? The first incident was in May when there were four ships that were sabotaged off the coast of the UAE. Today, The explosives were used to blow large holes in four ships anchored off the coast of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. State Department correspondent... They were meant essentially to, to show we're, we're not going to sink these ships, but we can damage them. And then a couple of weeks later, in June, there was an incident where two ships were attacked, but in a much more serious manner. Helping two oil tankers that were attacked today in the Gulf of Oman. Sailors were evacuated from both tankers after the attack, just south of Iran. It set fire to one of the tankers. Iran state news agency. So you had this large oil tanker 
that was a light in the middle of the sea. That seemed to those that were watching Iran as a, as a step up. How did the U.S. respond to those early attacks? The U.S. started to build its military presence in the region. The U.S. Navy sent through a convoy of warships. I was on one of the warships, the lead warship, called the USS Boxer. This is a, a ship that carries a unit of Marines that can be deployed at any point on land. It was a real show of force. And as the convoy was, was passing through the Strait of Hormuz, which is the entry point into the, into the Persian Gulf, the USS Boxer saw a drone overhead. And at that point, I was pretty shocked. There were Iranian aircraft in the sky. There were Iranian boats traveling alongside us. And one of the Marines shouts, UAV, UAV, which means uh, unmanned aerial vehicle or drone, essentially. And uh, everyone looks up, and I couldn't see the drone at that point, but... This is a Fox News Alert. I'm Brett Baird. An American warship has destroyed an Iranian drone over the Strait of Hormuz. As that drone was flying about a 1,000 yards away from the USS Boxer and ignored multiple calls to stand down. And at the same time, Iran shot down a U.S. drone in what it claimed was flying in Iranian airspace and the U.S. claimed was flying in international airspace. At that point, the Trump administration thought about retaliating against Iran with military strikes, but President Trump pulled back from doing that pretty much at the last minute. That, that was the next step in this sort of increasing tension. Trump said at the time that he felt the potential loss of human life would have been disproportionate to the downing of an unmanned drone. And since then, there were possible signs of progress. There was talk of a meeting between President Trump and Iran's president, Hassan Rouhani, during a United Nations session later this month. But after the attacks on Saudi Arabia this weekend, those plans are off. On Monday, Saudi Arabia indicated that it would ask UN weapons inspectors to investigate the attack. People familiar with the investigation have told the Wall Street Journal that Saudi officials are increasingly confident that Iran directly launched the attack. But Saudi Arabia has not said so publicly. It knows if it directly accuses Iran of attacking these oil plants, then lots of people will consider that a an act of war. And so with that, Saudi Arabia might be forced to to react in a way that is more forceful or in a way that causes a, a regional conflict. So at the moment, Saudi Arabia is being fairly reserved in, in its approach, but that could clearly change over the next few days. President Trump has also weighed in, signaling that the U.S. is ready to come to Saudi Arabia's defense if necessary. So now they're under attack, and we will work something out uh, with them. But they also know that, you know, I'm not looking to get into new conflict, but sometimes you have to. Iran has denied that it carried out the attacks, and it accused the Trump administration of spreading misinformation in an effort to undermine its government. That's all for today, Tuesday, September 17th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.